0: Section 18 of the Catholics Ready Answer This is the LibriVox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Columbus, Ohio. The Catholics Ready Answer by Rev MP Hill. Section 18 Christ's Divinity A modern explanation of Christ's miracles. We have said that the question of Our Lord's Miracles is not affected by any of the real achievements of the science of the day, but it is one of the peculiarities of the age that there are a number of half-fledged sciences whose cultivators are indeed occupying a legitimate field of research, but are, some of them at least, governed by anything but a scientific spirit. Overconfidence of assertion, and even of prediction, is their characteristic note. Prominent among these latter-day sciences, is one that may be called the science of mind influence. It investigates, among other things, the influence of mind upon matter. A certain number of facts are adduced to prove that mind produces effects upon human organisms hitherto thought impossible. Extremists in this line of investigation go so far as to say that all supposed miraculous cures are due entirely to the influence of mind upon matter, that they are purely natural effects produced by natural causes, that they are the work of man and nature and not of God. Our Lord's miracles are explained by some members of this school, as having been due to what is technically called suggestion. What is suggestion? Suggestion is the employment of any means other than reasoning or the ordinary arts of persuasion, as for instance the enunciation of a word or a sentence, or the use of a sign, a look, or an attitude, in order to induce in another a desired state of mind. It is a species of personal influence or of personal magnetism, in the more popular sense of the word in the degree in which a person is open to any such influence he is said to be suggestible the quality varies with the individual and some have it in a very abnormal degree in the case of supposed miraculous cures we are told the effect may really be produced the blind may be able to see and the lame to walk but the effect is due to suggestion in the case of our lord's miracles the spell of his presence and the power of his words induced a state of intense belief in the sufferers so intense indeed as to work a cure in the affected organ It was the intense faith of the sufferer that straightened out his distorted limbs, or mended his broken bones, or flooded his sightless eyeballs with light. "'Wonderful!' exclaims some innocent reader. "'Incredible!' "'Wonderful if you choose,' replies the would-be scientist, "'but not incredible. The thing can be done, because it has been done. And accordingly, a certain number of facts, more or less accurately reported, are brought forward as proving that states of mind may be made to produce extraordinary states of body, A certain class of facts that have been casually and somewhat frequently observed is first deduced in evidence. The following, for example, a man is knocked down by a passing cart. In his fright, he fancies that a wheel has passed over one of his arms and crushed it, whereas it has only grazed it. On riding to his feet, however, he finds that his arm is paralyzed. Here, a frightened state of mind has inflicted a serious injury upon his body. But this is mild compared with other alleged facts. It is asserted, for instance, that persons in a hypnotic state may be made, through the medium of suggestion, to experience certain pathological conditions of the body foreseen and predicted by the operator. We are told that in one case at least a hypnotic subject has been told that on a certain day and at a certain hour he would find upon his arm sores or scars having a certain shape and spelling certain words and that the prediction was verified. On the basis of a few such facts, real or supposed, it is argued that if mere states of mind are known to have produced such effects upon the body we are not warranted in placing any limit to the influence of mind upon matter why may not the reputed miraculous cures wrought by christ have been directly produced by the faith of the sufferer and not by any supernatural power possessed by his healer this question we shall endeavour to answer in the first place soul and body are so intimately united that it is not surprising that one should influence the other Nor would it be surprising to learn that the mind can exercise a much greater influence over the body than has been generally supposed. But what are the facts of the case? We are confronted with an embryo science which has noted, in some cases with the simplest credulity, a certain number of facts, very few of which have been subjected to rigid scientific scrutiny. And the more significant of the incidents reported had happened in the case of persons in most abnormal states of mind or body. Are we to suppose that the persons cured by our Lord were hypnotized? Considering the vast number cured, are we not to suppose that they presented about the average of psychic susceptibility? Extraordinary psychic phenomena occur under extraordinary psychic conditions. Are we to suppose that the hundreds, perhaps thousands, who were so wondrously healed supplied such extraordinary conditions, and yet we never hear of any being turned away as unfit subjects? It must be noted in the next place that some of our lord's cures were wrought upon persons at a distance, notably in the case of the son of the ruler of Caffarnam, even admitting the power of suggestion, can its power be exercised without any communication between the two persons concerned? We hear it is true, not a little nowadays of mind-influencing mind without any observable medium of communication. Telepathy is one of the magic words of the hour, but a little investigation will show that from a scientific standpoint it is a little more than a word. Whether there is such a thing as genuine telepathy remains to be determined by further research. The facts thus far observed being, such as to create, It is true an impression of the mysterious but not a conviction of the finality of the evidence besides the facts reported are perfectly trivial compared with the miracle of the sudden cure of a mortal illness at a considerable distance as in the case of the ruler's son but there is one class of cures reported in the gospels in which the very possibility of faith by suggestion is excluded we refer to the cure of those distempers caused by demoniac possession in these cases, the victim of possession, inspired by the evil one within him and acting as though he were identified with him, would cry out in horror at the approach of him whom he regarded as his greatest enemy. There is small intimation of faith here. But, waiving these considerations, let us endeavor to realize something of what is implied in the assumption that the cures wrought by our Lord were due to purely natural causes. If they were not supernatural and purely miraculous, by what manner of means did he effect them? the answer of our adversaries is that he possessed a wonderful practical knowledge of the use of suggestion such a knowledge we would add as modern practitioners may not hope to attain after generations of accumulated experience but whence did he get it if he was the incarnate god it is of course conceivable that he deigned to make use of a natural expedient-like suggestion but what then becomes of his appeal to his miracles precisely as miracles That he regards them as wrought by the power of the Most High and as the seal placed by the Most High upon his life and his work is evident throughout the Gospels. If, on the other hand, he was no more than man, how are we to account for his knowledge? How could a country carpenter, who was reputed among his townsmen to know nothing, and who was scorned by them as a wicked pretender when he came among them in the course of his public life and presumed to explain the scriptures, How could he be supposed to have learned the profoundest secrets of nature by the simple act of passing beyond the limits of his native village? Had his heavenly Father suddenly given him knowledge of suggestion? He could as easily have given him the power of bona fide miracles, which would have rebounded more to the glory of Father and Son. But even if he had taught him a knowledge of the purely human art, the sudden accession of such enormous knowledge and power would have been no less wonderful than the power of miracles. Thus it is difficult in any case to escape from the supernatural but providence has forestalled the criticism of the twentieth century as it has that of other centuries. Our divine Lord provided that his miracles should be of so varied a character that adverse criticism, psychological or otherwise, of it, took exception to some, would find itself baffled by others. Bodily cures were not the only miracles wrought by our Lord. Every species of miracles represented in the gospel accounts of his public life, not only upon living men, but upon the dead not only upon human forms but also upon the forces of inanimate nature were his miraculous powers exercised by a single word of command he restored to life a young man who was being carried to his grave for the raising of lazarus providence had brought it about that he should be dead four days and that his body should be already putrid thus making the evidence of the miracle afterward wrought most patent he turned water into wine calmed terrific storms walked upon the waters of a lake and enabled one of his apostles to do the same Followed into a desert place by a vast throng, he multiplies five barley loaves and two fishes in the hands of his disciples, so as to enable them to feed more than five thousand persons and fill twelve baskets with the fragments that remain after all are satisfied. A similar miracle he performed in favor of four thousand persons. But his miracles were not confined to the domain of what are called nature's laws. The world of spirits was no less affected by his presence on earth. The devils, as we have seen, confessed his power as they were driven from the bodies of the possessed. Let anyone who is inclined to skepticism on this point read the account of the exorcism of the demoniac in the country of the garrisons. Luke chapter 8, Mark chapter 5, Matthew chapter 8. In this instance, the devil, after reducing his victim to a state of the wildest desperation, finds himself in the presence of the Savior. Through the medium of the possessed one, he adores him and cries out with a loud voice, "'What have we to do with thee, Jesus, Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time?' not far from them there was a herd of swine feeding jesus having asked the demon his name the answer came my name is legion for we are many and the demons asked the lord not to drive them out of the country but to cast them into the herd of swine the lord gave the command and the devils took possession of the swine which numbered about two thousand and immediately the swine rushed headlong down the side of the mountain and were drowned in the sea his miracles were multitudinous beyond all reckoning they might be witnessed daily almost hourly during the space of three long years They were frequently worked in the presence of vast multitudes, just as occasion occurred, and without any sign of preparation, without any apparatus suggestive of the magician, without a single failure, such as occurs in our time at the scances of spiritistic mediums, where the failure is attributed to the presence of an unsympathetic spectator. Moreover, the Gospels in which they are narrated bear the marks of a single sincerity and simplicity, whilst their authenticity is further guaranteed by the fact that they were published in the lifetime of very many witnesses of the events narrated. It is to be noted, finally, that the miraculous career of our Lord was not an isolated episode of history. It became the cornerstone of the Christian religion, which has changed the face of the earth, and has profoundly influenced the destinies of nations. It was the divine power exhibited in his works, and the works of his apostles, who wrought in his name, that brought to the feet of the apostles those who believed that in very truth the kingdom of God had come among men. End of section 18